Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Special guest tonight is one. Uh, what, what I think is probably uh, one of the greatest guitarists alive right now. Uh, my, my dear friend Phil Kagey. Phil, welcome to Log Talk Radio. The Catch. John, it's good to be with you and to catch up with you today on the Catch, as well as catching up with you yesterday before yeah. the Catch. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's good. It's good to fellowship with you, even though we're miles and miles apart. You know. Yeah. You you have your uh, you have your guitar there. Uh, how nice. Oh yeah, I've got it slightly out of tune, but. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my friend, my 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 late friend Mark Spolster would have loved that. That's <laughs> woo. Yeah. Oh, Thank you. Well, yeah. I, I've enjoyed guitar music ever since I was a little kid, John. And sure. uh, you play guitar, you play piano, and and yep. I've admired your your songwriting and your your voice and the words. And I actually got to play on a couple of your albums back in the seventies yep. and the eighties, right? I, I know. Yes, you have, and I, I, I love, I love hearing those songs, um, and uh, uh, I just Beautiful. love your contribution. Yeah. Well, Phil, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about those early days, and um, okay, uh, I, I'd love to hear a little bit about, about your glass harp days, and uh, you know, late sixties. That's where you got started. Um, you guys opened for some pretty big acts. And uh, you even did uh-huh. a legendary opening for the Kinks in Carnegie Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. Just tell me a little bit about, is there anything you'd like to tell me about those years? And what, what was that? Tell me a little bit about what that was like and what was going on in, in your life at, at that time. Well, because I started playing guitar around the age of 10 or 11, um, I was goofing off with it on, at the age of 10. And by the age of 11, I really learned how to tune it, learned some <laughs> chords. My, my big brother, Dave, uh, bought me my first electric guitar. My dad actually bought me my first acoustic guitar. And, um, and I was a big Elvis fan, or you could say I was a real little Elvis fan uh, <laughs> at that age. Uh, and I'm not that much bigger now. But um, I loved music. I loved uh, the music my brothers would bring home. And so that influenced me. And by the time 
we moved from our home state of California, I mean, uh, Ohio, and went out to California. We lived in, um, I think we lived in La Habra and La Mirada uh, while I was in the fifth grade and uh, came back home during the sixth grade, back to California for the seventh grade. Because my dad was an iron worker and he loved the, the warm weather in the winter to work uh, the iron. And he was a structural iron, iron worker and bridge builder. But um, but I, I'm one of ten kids, you know, John, and uh, I'm the ninth of ten. Oldest wow. sister Mary Ellen was an actress and singer. Brother Dave became a pilot, but his hobby was guitar, and he loved music. He was the guy that brought home all the great records we had when I was a kid: Elvis, um, Johnny Ray, uh, Monavani. I mean, he loved classical too, and Ravel, and all that stuff. Uh, then I started collecting records on my own and learning how to play guitar uh, while playing along with records in those days. There was no YouTube and none of that, but we had record players. So we had records, 45s and 33 RPMs. Uh, through, my, through my teenage years, I, um, I got into little bands. I got my, and my first band was in the sixth grade, seventh grade, I was in a band. And then moved to, back to Ohio for the eighth grade and joined a group called the Squires. We were together for a couple of years and then I joined another band and then uh, glass harp, which is what you asked about. We, we got established in 1968 and my old longest time friend, uh, John Safara drummer and guitarist and songwriter. We, uh, we were real pals and we wanted to be like, you know, a little Beatles band, you know? So, but at the same time, when we started the group, we were also getting into a lot of blues and, like electric flag and you know um so we started writing our own songs around 69 got a record deal with decker records in 1970 uh the three of us now daniel pecchio john and i daniel played bass and sang um and so we really developed a lot during those years now i might want to just insert the fact that i was a very ambitious young musician um, music was my life. I was too small to do sports, um, but I loved guitar, and uh, I, I hung with the guitar constantly when I was not having to be in school. <laughs> so, uh-huh. But I am grateful for my teachers, you know, and for what they have taught me. But I learned a great deal uh, uh, on the guitar as a youngster. But I also tried to fancy myself as a songwriter and a singer, and uh, I think um, <clears throat> my guitar playing was a little better than my songwriting and my singing. But I, I always wanted to have a full package. And so uh, John and I encouraged each, each other to write. And then eventually, besides becoming good jamming musicians, we, we tried to be songwriters too. And, uh, and so then we ended up getting a contract with Decker Records in 1970, the same year that my life was completely turned around by Jesus. And because um, ah. I was 18, 18 years old, and I was really searching for some spiritual answers in my life. And uh, I experimented with, you know, various kinds of drugs, not the heavy stuff, but it, it left me empty. And I wanted to know more about what God was about. And what really, really clutched it was my dear mom was in a car accident, which took her life on around, uh, around Valentine's Day that week of 1970 in February. Yeah. And then because the, the family got together for the funeral and all that, my oldest sister, who I told you about, was an actress and a singer. 
she had found Jesus a couple of years before living in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and then came back to Ohio for the memorial service. And she shared the gospel with me and took me to church. And it was just my time. It was, I was right for wow. the picking and the Lord touched my heart and I gave him my life that, that very month of February, 1970. Right. From that point on, I stayed on with the glass harp. We got a record deal, interestingly enough. And John, I have to tell you that, you know, my life before Jesus as a guitar player and a musician, I was just, I was just, you know, a scatterbrain on the guitar. You know, I, I really didn't connect the melodies and uh, I didn't really know who I was. I think when, when I met Jesus, I discovered who I could be in him. And he gave me a, a new song, like it says in the Bible, you know, I will give unto them a new song, a song unto the Lord. And when I was filled with his spirit, all of a sudden it became my greatest desire, even as a rock and roll musician, to share the good news of the gospel with my audience and with my generation. Uh, and that's what led to songs like Can You See Me, um, The Answer, Songs in the Air, and um, and uh, various songs like that. And then while I was with Glass Harp, we did some more albums up in New York City at Electric Lady Studio. And we did a live album, as you mentioned. We opened up for the Kinks. Full House, Carnegie Hall was filled. And we were the opening band. And this audience didn't know what to think when they saw these these three little guys come out on stage. Um, and, uh, but I think we really made a great impression. And mm-hmm. fortunately, we have that album. You can hear it on Spotify, uh, Glass Harp Live at Carnegie Hall. But I was 20 at the time, young and green still, but uh, we had a lot of energy and ambition. But my greatest desire in Glass Harp as a three-piece band and as a guitarist was ultimately that I would leave an impression of the goodness of God and the love of Jesus on people's hearts. Wow. Were you, do you think you were able to do that? I was able to do that without any encumbrance. My fellow bandmates were awesome. You know, wow. uh, there were times where, you know, we had, we'd sit down and talk to each other saying, now, what are we? Are we a rock and roll band? Or are we, are we a religious group? You know, because back then, 1970, you know, yeah. There wasn't CCM and there wasn't Christian record labels and I didn't know anybody else. You know, there was Spirit in the Sky, there was My Sweet Lord, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. um, Let It Be. And um, I, I didn't know anything about really gospel music and I didn't know much about what was going on on the West Coast. And then in around 1971, 72, I was told about this group called Love Song. And uh, a friend of mine in Colorado got a hold of a reel-to-reel tape of demos they had done. And I listened to it, and it just blew me away. Mm. I loved the spirit of their music, and I loved their harmonies. And they had drums and bass and acoustic and electric guitars, piano, and fine voices, you know. And it just touched me and moved me. And they became my favorite band. In fact, um, in, after I had left Glass Harp, in 19, Jay Truax, the bass player of Love Song, he was, um, they had found this Planet magazine or something like that. It's like a teen magazine. And our band was being interviewed, and they asked what our favorite colors are and what, you know, what do we listen to, what's our favorite music, and, you know, what, what have you. And then they asked each of us 
who's your favorite band, you know? And I, I said, love song. <laughs> and Jay saw this in a magazine. He goes, hey, look at this. And wouldn't you know, a year later, they call me to, literally a month after I got married to Bernadette in July of 73, August 73, we're, Bernadette being 18 years old and I'm 22, we got in the van and drove from Ohio to California and I rehearsed with the Love Song group and uh, we went on tour for three months. I was their guitar player. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Hmm. But, you know, our glass harp albums weren't big sellers. You know, we were on a major label, same label as The Who, you know. And, um, but, we, you know, we were just more regionally popular um, in northeastern Ohio and Pennsylvania, Indiana, Michigan, places like that. But uh, it was a great experience for me as a youngster growing up. But then I had my Bible and I discovered fellowship along the way, uh, meeting Christians who were also musicians. And, uh, and also just what God did in my heart was he just opened my heart to all kinds of people, not just my kind of people. I gained a great respect for older people, Christian people that had walked with God for many years. And that was a really great strengthening thing in my life, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, so so that's, that's the glass heart. Thing is, with Glass Harp, we're still in touch, and uh, John and I just recently did a recording uh, via, you know, sharing files through the mail, uh, uh, through Dropbox, and you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, we keep in touch. We we talk on the phone often too. Were those did were those guys did they become Christians as well, or were uh, they yes, just? Yeah, well, yes, I believe they have. You know, and the thing is, we were all raised. In churches, you know, you know, we went to church. We were Catholic boys, um, huh. um, but I, I had this. As a youngster, I was a believer in God. I, I got on my knees and I prayed, you know, prayers, and I went to church with my mom and my sister. Um, but when my mom passed away, and I and I, my sister opened the Bible to me and read verses out of the scriptures to me. You know, that's not typically what little Catholics do. <laughs> you know, young Catholics don't open the Bible for themselves unless, well, today they're encouraged right. to. But back in the day, you know, 50s and 60s, pretty much you got your religion when you went to church unless you were, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. called to a different, deeper life. But um, when I discovered that I could read the Bible and understand it for myself with the help of the Spirit, it began to open my eyes and my heart and uh, I began to really grow and gain yeah. understanding. I didn't become immediately ma- mature. Still, I, I realized that God loved me and was with me and was going to walk this life with me. So, so did you ever, um, you know, it seems like right around 72, 73, that's, that was a big uh, time of transition for you and in mm-hmm. your career. And, um, uh, you know, uh, you moved into what what really was barely becoming uh, Christian music at at that time. Uh, you know, I remember. Yeah, I think my still life album was seventy three, and uh, things were just just beginning to to develop mm-hmm. those first few years. Um, uh-huh. What made you make that decision? Did you? Was that hard? Did, did you ever did you ever think about 
staying staying out in in the world in the secular music world and and be a Christian there or uh, well how did that work out for you? Well, you know, within the same year that I became a, a Christian, uh, I I had thoughts of going, you know, out coming out of the band, out of rock and roll as I knew it then. Um, but I stayed on with the band until we did literally four albums together, three studio albums and one live album. And um, I hung in there and then it was just time for me to move on. I, I was discovering acoustic music and really falling in love with a softer side of music mm. because we were really a, a, a three-piece rock and jam and band, you know, mm-hmm. um, and when we opened up for a lot of the greats, you know, uh, Humble Pie and Yes and Blood Rock and uh, Kinks and, you know, uh, all, all, all these big groups, you know, back in the day, Traffic. Um, and all over the country we were touring. But uh, uh, I, I just realized very much, and this is to be really honest with here, I came to realize that I really wasn't made out of real rock and roll stuff. You know, I mean, there's just the softer side to me. And and I felt a little bit more natural with my Les Paul making sweeter tones and then playing and writing songs on an acoustic. And, and I was, you know, I'm not a really fine songwriter, but I, I have had the chance and the opportunity over 50 years to put my heart in a good many of my songs as best I could and I, I attribute my success to my mom's and my dad's encouragement, my brothers and sisters, uh, friends, my bandmates, my wife, who I married. She was always encouraging to me in my music, and she knew she married a musician. Uh, and then along the way, through all these years, it's been the church. It's been my brothers and sisters who have uphold upheld me as hmm. a musician because they 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 love art they love music and i i must have resonated with some hearts and ears you know or ears and hearts and uh and that encouraged me to keep going um but i don't think if i would have stayed in the world of rock and roll that i would have had much success i don't know i think it could have kind of ground me down and yeah. discouraged me. I don't think I was made out of that kind of stuff. I, I don't think I could ever really be that Beatle kind of kid that I dreamed of being when I was younger. And even though, like, for instance, Paul and George's uh, vocal influence has been with me, because you are what you eat, so to speak, <laughs> and yeah. what you take in, you know, it influences you. And I'm, I, I am grateful for those influences, just like I'm grateful for the great guitar players that have influenced me to be the guitar player I am today. Um, and um, so there you have it. Uh, yeah. 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 There you have it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I went into making my own first solo album called what a day uh, with an engineer friend of mine who it was just, he and I in the studio over seven days that we did the whole album in seven days. We record two songs a day, just about. We ended up with ten songs, and I played all the instruments, did all the vocals, and I was just a little dreamer, you know. I, in fact, that first album I did, uh, one of the Glass Harp managers wanted to help me out, and he said, "I'm going to try to find a home for this album for you," 
and he took it to a Christian record label and they turned it down saying, uh, this is not really the kind of music we're doing. Uh, and I thought, whoa, okay. All right. So it just kind of sat on the shelf for a year and a half until uh, a, a small uh, local, not local in Ohio, but up in upstate New York, uh, a fellow who had visions of making a record label, he put it out and then eventually word records distributed it. And um, that's how that happened. Next three years later, after having toured with second chapter of acts, their producer, Buck Herring contacted me, asked me if I could, you know, if he would be, if I'd be interested in producing. And that's when we did the love broke through project in 76. And I was still quite green as a, as a vocalist and, uh, um, I ripened for a while now in, in the autumn of my life. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm not too sure I'm as smooth as I was for a while there, but uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. <laughs> yeah, you, you sure are. Um, what, when you think of your career in, in what is now called contemporary Christian music, um, what 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 has been the well the high points and the low points of that? Uh, has there been a has part of that been a struggle or has it all just been the wonderful uh, road? Uh, you see what well, I'm... you know when when you when you're in uh, I, well after a while there became the business of, of music you know Christian music Christian record labels and all that and. Um, I think I experienced some struggles with that. Um, you know, producers, executive producers, A&R people, many of them still my friends today, I might say, and I'm grateful for that. But um, I think part of the, the thing that I have regrets is not being smart enough in the business side of it. You know, things that are important, for instance, writing your songs and, and owning your songs if you can, you know, or your masters, you know. Because, you know, uh, as you know, record companies give an advance to an artist. Um, they go and record. They have a production budget. Then the artist has to pay that budget back, like you know, like a loan from a bank. Yeah. But then after you've paid it back, the record company still owns your master. You know, I said, like, why didn't I think that through? I didn't have <laughs> those kind of, I didn't have those kind of, uh, you know, marbles in my head at the time. So yeah. um, uh, I, I, I've been an indie artist now since 2002 when, wow. you know, uh, uh, my manager let me go and my record label uh, let me go at that time. And I got to admit, I've been happier, you know, just being an indie artist. Uh, it's, it's more like going back to the original days, yeah. those early days when there wasn't so much the business of music, but... Um, you know, following your heart as to what you feel like you should record. Say, for instance, I write still some vocal music, but I've really grown to love making instrumental music and uh, and collaborating with other musicians to make instrumental music too. I'm working right now on my fourth album with Jeff Johnson, who's brilliant, and makes, we make great music together. And and he's one well, you know example of that. But uh, and and you know. I can engineer and he engineers. So we're saving money. We don't go to studios. We have, we have our small pro tool studio and um, 
And there I have an atmosphere to create anything I like that, that comes to me into my heart and my mind and my head and uh, work it out. And so uh, there, there was a time when you're younger and you're excited and you're touring and that's what you should do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not that uh, big yeah. on traveling and, and this whole COVID thing has, you know, I've had one concert since March and I have one coming up this weekend. Uh, so, but I've been happy, you know, I have, uh, I have my studio and uh, I have my yard that I work in and my neighbor's yards. I like to help them with their yards. And so I get plenty of sunshine. <laughs> That's good for your attitude. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, you know, um, the business, it can have its real ups and downs. And I think uh, young people, if they could embrace um, the fact that there's a lot of instability in the in the, mu- the business of music. It's not like the days when it was what it was, like in the 60s, you know, in the 70s, and even the 80s. I think it's changed quite a lot. And I think young Christian musicians are experiencing what it was like when we first launched into it with no guarantees but to serve God and to bring the good news to people and trust him for providing for our needs. Well, that's exactly what I wanted to what I wanted to hear and uh I I wanted you to speak to that. Um and uh and it sounds like you have. Do you know many of the younger musicians? Have you done any producing or any encouraging of some of the uh millennials or younger kids today? their music well in terms of kids you know guys in their 40s are kids to me now because i'm 69 (laughs) (laughs) but uh, i don't know a lot of the real young ones but although i have uh on many occasions um uh produced and co-written with younger players you know and writers like jeremy Kinsella, for instance and um you know i remember even working with scott dente and west king they were younger than i when we did our album in 1998 uh, called Invention. And when we'd be, we went out on tour and Scott would say from the stage, hey, Uncle Phil, tell us about the 60s. <laughs> 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 you know, so I was an old timer then. And that was, that was what, 22 years ago. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, a neighbor lady who also does vocal sessions for a lot of people in our neighborhood she said, hey, Phil, I've got this 13-year-old girl who writes, and she's got a lovely voice. And would you want to record a couple of her songs? And I, I said, sure, come on over. So she brought her, and her mom came, and I recorded a couple of her songs, and they just touched me so much. She has a, such a good voice, and she's so young and, and so innocent, you know, in, in, in her voice and her style. But mm. the, heart for, the heart of her words were simple and to the heart and I loved it you know so I got a chance to encourage her and uh yeah and I've 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 tried to help uh other artists along the way uh I just don't have a lot of great influence because I'm not in 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 the building Mm -hmm. we're gonna Mm -hmm. sign you to this contract and uh, and everything like that but uh you know I uh, what I do is I I do my best to encourage to bring out of them um their gift, you know, bring their gift to the to the fore, and 
I, I think I've been successful in encouraging some. Um, but yeah, and then there's this whole generation, the millennials who, they're kind of like seeing through a lot of the false stuff, you know, the yeah, you know, the deception and of this and that, and they go, you know, what's important is that we keep our eyes on this Jesus that, you know, that we've mm-hmm. been hearing about and, and learning of, and uh, there, there it is, you know, when Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, so it is with every generation. Uh, yeah. From one generation to another, uh, we can encourage the young people to follow God, get close to him, and uh, be real with each other, be honest, and try to live a life that pleases him, uh, walking in his steps if we can. Yeah. Boy, I, I love what you're saying about... Um the similarities uh, of, of of these years now where we're in right now and uh, some of those, those are earlier years in the, in the, in the early seventies, late sixties, um, because oh, I've been yeah. feeling that too. Um, and exactly. uh, talk about that just a little more. And then uh, unfortunately I think we're going to have to sign off, but. Uh, oh I'd no, love we just hear. got started, John. I know. Oh. That's I too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the '60s were tumultuous. We know that. You know, yeah. uh, there, yeah. was, there was Kent, there was Kent State and and all that, and um, and then there was this peace, love generation. You know, flower power, all that. You know, Woodstock. And I mean, I played at some of those big festivals. One was in Louisiana, and uh, 120,000 people. They had to close down the thing because people were ODing on LSD and. So they were looking for this peace and love and all mm-hmm. of a sudden God's spirit swept over the country and hippies were getting saved and people of all walks of life were getting saved musicians and uh, filled with the spirit and getting to know and love Jesus, the son of God. Fantastic. You know, and it just, God brought people together and there was, there was a real true meaning of hanging in fellowship with him, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, a oneness, a unity, a, a real uh, joy in unity and uh, peace among us, you know. So yeah, I think you think it's it's that happening with, again, Phil? Do you think? I think it's happening. I believe it's happening again. Uh, there's a, it seems like the dark is getting darker, but I believe the light is getting lighter. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I believe revival is coming. Uh, people are hungry. They, they really want to know the truth, you know, and, and, um, I, I just I, I just say let's look to the gospels, let's look to the person uh, of Jesus and his example and, and how we should live. I just think his his words to us are the best and um <laughs> that's um, all you have to do. Just yeah. trust God's word, yeah. Yeah. Well that's what uh you know, I've been writing um for a number of weeks now and I'm I'm calling it just Jesus. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's so great to be to be right there and and know that um that 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 is a message that is connecting um with a, a lot of the younger people it was just like uh, just like we we didn't we you know we didn't we weren't necessarily listening to the church or we, we were not institutionalized but but uh, Jesus made sense to us and uh, mm-hmm. the person, the person of Jesus, and uh, I think the more we, 
keep focusing there where we're going to connect. I think that's really good. Uh, and I, I, my son is a part of a, a young fellowship and it's vibrant, you know, they're yeah. passionate, these young people worshiping God and, uh, I'm blown away. I brought the tears uh, when I went to uh, his fellowship. And then our fellowship also brings me to tears. I mean, you know, the music that our worship team, uh, and I I don't really play in the worship team. I let those who know how to lead worship do it, and they do it so beautifully at ours. And But it just touches my heart and makes me want to know God more, you know. It makes me want to walk close to him and walk in truth and faithfulness to him and in true uh, love with one another. So, and then make music at the same time. I think, isn't that a beautiful thing? Yeah. 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 Well, Phil, this has been fantastic. Um, Thank you so much. Uh, Well, this won't be the last time you will, you will be on blog talk. uh, The catch I'm sure. Um, Play, play us a little something to go out on. Okay. (laughs) Let's see here. <laughs> like waking up in the longest dream, I will really until your love broke through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much, Phil. God bless you. Bye-bye. Greetings to your family and uh we will uh we'll 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 be in touch. Thank you, my friend. Bye bye. Okay. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. There you go, folks. Was that fun or what? Uh, uh, I love where we ended up. I didn't even have to ask him questions. And he just took it right right back to Jesus. Here we are. Okay, everybody. It's getting good. Join us next week for another episode of Block Talk Radio. The Catch, Tuesdays, 6 p.m. God bless you.